Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast. I'm Andrew McKenna and what a match today. We knew England had it in them, but what a powerhouse performance we saw. 397 for six. There were many injury concerns within the England camp that had fans worried during the build-up. One of those being skipper Owen Morgan, but that was all put to bed with a superb performance from him with a record-breaking 17 sixes. Well, Owen Morgan has had one thing on his mind since he's come out of the middle, and that seems to be clearing the boundary. Oh, this is phenomenal hitting. It's coming out so clean off the bat. Done this time. Going for another. Morgan has holed out at long off. Immediately, the Afghanistan captain, Golbadin, shook his hand to say, well played, congratulations. What an innings it has been. 148 from just 71 balls, with more sixes than anybody has ever hit in a one-day international before. Old Trafford rises to Owen Morgan. Well, welcome to the following on podcast with myself, Andrew McKenna. Alongside me, former England fast bowler, Steve Harmison. Steve, quite simply, what a match. Nine records broken today. It was phenomenal and it was it was brilliant. Vintage England, absolutely brilliant from Morgan. Um, and if 
if back spasms go, I wouldn't mind one like that to take me onto the golf course. If I can, if I can take a, a back spasm onto a golf course, the way Morgan's taking a back spasm onto a cricket pitch, I think my next round might be very, very good. But what a performance he was! He was brilliant, and there'll be there's a lot of talk about Rashid Khan and how many runs he went for. Majid bowled a lot better, but I think you could have you could have chucked Rashid, Adil Rashid, Chola, Yadav, uh, any other spin bowlers there today. Uh, I think Morgan was in the zone and I think he would have belted any of them. 397 for six place, 247 for eight. And yeah, lots of uh, records. England's highest score in a World Cup. Most sixes in a one-day international innings in 25. Most sixes in a match, 33. Most sixes by one player in a one-day international. Owen Morgan with 17. Fastest uh, 100 uh, for England, 57 balls, Owen Morgan. That is the fifth fastest 100 in one-day internationals. The fourth fastest cricket. World Cup uh, 100 and it's also England's highest partnership mm. in uh, World Cup 189 between uh, Joe Root and Owen Morgan it was just a day where everything went well and I almost feel sorry for Bairstow and Root because Johnny Bairstow played absolutely beautifully for his uh, 90 from 99 I apologise to him in advance because I said on air uh, when he was about 15 short of 100 this is a nailed on 100 so obviously I've given him the jinx on that one and Owen uh, and Joe Root uh, played really unselfishly yeah. he, he tried to get involved in it as well those two innings will be largely overlooked because of 140 from 71 deliveries from Owen Morgan. It was a brilliant batting performance. It was a magnificent batting performance and it would be overlooked, but I don't think they'll be forgotten because I think when you you look at it, 397, mention all the records, that's gone. I think Joe Root, we talk about bowling and partnerships and you keep the pressure on from either end. Well, I think Owen Morgan... Owen Morgan's got a lot to be thankful to not not thankful because he's playing the shots but when he looks across and the way Joe Root m- manufactured his innings didn't look to hit didn't really look to hit boundaries just hit the ball into gaps played for ones played for twos played for threes and made sure that Owen Morgan got a large proportion of the strike Joe Root used his cricket brain and seen that his captain was in the zone seen that his captain was in six hitting mode and I think Joe Root just thought you know what the crowd come to watch this the crowd aren't watching me I'm going to get my captain on strike because he's going to give us the best chance to get anywhere near 400 anywhere near winning this cricket match and again when he does that Joe does that you look at the scoreboard and he's got 50, 60, 70 and he did unselfishly like you say Maka could easily have just knocked it around got his third hundred of the tournament but he hit the ball straight down trying to get a six to get his team to that 400 plus score because he thought that's what they needed and fair play to Joe for doing that but Morgan was just yeah he was just magnificent how significant was it do you think that the first of those 17 sixes actually came from a free hit I wondered at the time because it basically meant that Owen Morgan could try and put the ball away irrespective of what happened because he was never going to be run out they'd never do anything that daft he could actually really have a go at that ball which he did he made perfect contact it goes for six so he's feeling good about that but also 
he's feeling good about the back because that was the first time that you really try and hit a ball. That's going to tell you an awful lot. That free hit really did give that innings an awful lot of impetus, I feel. It gave him a bit of freedom as well. You mentioned there the injury. It's like having a footballer that's been injured for a while. The safe first tackle, the confidence builder from that takes the player forward. Well, given... Owen Morgan a chance to have a free hit and he's getting himself in a good position his head was in good position he was in a stable base he's hit the ball back's feeling good and I think maybe the confidence from that would have been going through his body and the mindset would have been you know what that was easy that felt good that that felt comfortable and I, I, I'm not I don't I didn't have to force that so when you get off to a start like that sometimes you think well can I go again and he's gone again and he's got he's got another another big hit and then he hit a four and then all of a sudden he's in a position where he feels a lot of freedom then he had that little bit of luck he had that bit of luck that James Vince needed which is instead of getting a pretty 30 top edge off helmet caught caught at uh, 45 Owen Morgan gets dropped in early 20s 21 22 something like that and that there then he is all of a sudden he's thinking, you know what? My back doesn't feel too bad. I'm feeling good, Nick. I've hit a couple of sixes. I've hit a four. I've been dropped. It's my day today. You know what it is? It's my day. And all of a sudden he goes again and he just kept going and going and going. And he had somebody at the other end who he loves batting with. He enjoys being in the middle with. Rotated the strike, got him back on strike and the partnership with 189, highest by England. It was a phenomenal run uh, batting display by England but also by the two guys in the middle who showed their experience against a side who obviously lack experience in the world game I'm glad you mentioned the uh, the effort from uh, from Dalwa Zadran trying to catch Owen Morgan out on the boundary when he was in the 20s. We'll come back to that in a minute, but you mentioned James Vince there. James Vince, the first man out today with a score on 44. He made 26 from 31. He's not going to get many opportunities, it would seem, at the moment. He's got his chance with Jason Roy being out. Um, is he just going to be one of those unlucky cricketers in the fact that he doesn't get many opportunities? And when he does... He seems to find funny ways of getting out. I mean, today, that um, a shortish ball, he's got a thin edge on it. It balloons up off his helmet, caught fine leg, uh, short fine leg inside the circle. On another day, that goes away for four. It, it, does that almost sum up James Vince's England career at the moment? Yeah, I think so. I think he needs, it's like talking about football, he needs a, a goal off the backside for a goal scorer who hasn't scored for a while. He needs that little bit of luck that it doesn't hit the helmet, goes straight over the top of the wicketkeeper's head, gets four, gets to 30 all of a sudden gets to 50, 75 and moves on because when he plays for Hampshire and he gets over three figures, tends to get big, big hundreds. So I think that's why the selectors have put him in that position. But he's in a position where he's actually in a no-lose position for me because no matter what he gets, he could go in and get 100 in the next game against Sri Lanka. Jason Roy's fit. Jason Roy plays against Australia and James Vince comes out of the team because of the track record and what Jason Roy's done for England. And it's just it's just managing to get over that line, get beyond the 50, get beyond the 70 and making a big score because at this minute in time, he's finding different ways to get out, which are slightly unlucky. And today, that hit his helmet relatively hard and it ballooned up in the air. If it was Owen Morgan, the day he was having... He would either have been dropped or I would have missed the helmet, got over the top of the wicketkeeper and he would have gotten four runs for it. 
Well, we've been talking about Owen Morgan. The skipper spoke with Sky Sports after the game, so let's hear from the man that everyone is talking about. I was saying, as a young man, I saw Clive put the ball onto the railway station here, so he might just have you covered still. I definitely does. I think even still to this day, he could probably hit it further than me uh, with my bad back. Here today's a fantastic day for us. Um, I managed to have a day out, which was great. Um, the wicket was very good. Uh, I thought everything from the way we started, I thought Afghanistan started really well, well, well in the first 10 overs. Our openers started really well, then from there, build a partnership with Bearstone Root. And from there, we, we managed to take a bit of a gamble and it came off. So a good day all round and we're delighted with the win. At what point today did you realise it was going to be your day? I didn't think at any stage it was going to be my day. Um, getting quite old, hobbling around with a bad back. You never think that you can get, like, produce an innings like that. Uh, in our change room, we have a few guys that can produce an innings similar to that. I never thought in my wildest dreams that I could do something like that. So it makes it a bit more special when I can compete with the youngsters in the side. Um, so, yeah, it's nice. Well, you normally have a poker face. I saw you walking up the steps there with the biggest grin I think I've ever seen you have on a cricket field. So this was clearly a very special day. Yeah, it was. Um, obviously, it starts out as a tough game. Afghanistan are a side with a lot of potential, completely different challenge with, with all their spinners. Um, and it's the World Cup where we're absolutely loving playing in the World Cup. So on the big stage, it's nice to do. Um, when you first came into the England side, you were kind of known for a, a man who had all these funky shots, sweeps, reverse sweeps, scoops, whatever. All your sixes today were very simply hit down the ground. Is that a reflection that you've changed or just on the conditions today? No, I think I have changed. I think everybody plays the shots that I probably started my career with now. Um, so they're not as effective. Field placings are different. They actually account for shots that, I, I, that were effective early on in my career. So I've actually done the full circle and probably stronger down the ground now than I've ever been. Uh, from the team's perspective, we're halfway through the tournament now. You've got Sri Lanka next. Are you where you want to be? Yes, we are. Um, like I mentioned before, the next two or three games are, are pretty crucial for us. Um, we want to bring our level of intensity to every game that we play. We don't want to slack off. I thought today we were on top of our game. I think if we can bring that to Headingley against Sri Lanka and then on to Lords against Australia, we'll be in a good place regardless of the result. I think you know, focusing that on that and making that a priority for us is important. It can be difficult sometimes. You put 400 on the board to maintain that intensity in the field. A couple of catches went down. Um, did you sense a bit of a dropping off in the second half? No, I, I think the intensity can still be there. You will make mistakes. You're not going to produce a perfect performance. I I've sensed today that intensity was there. We did manage to spill a couple of catches, which can happen. Hopefully, you know, we don't continue to do that. Um, we'll try hard to improve in the next few games. Um, but as long as that's there, I think you can't fault the guys. Are you enjoying having Wood and Archer there? There seems to be that internal competitive dynamic. They're pushing each other on. Yeah, there is. You throw Stokes in there as well, bowling 90 mile an hour at the moment. It's a huge, yeah, I suppose, skill as well. But having guys that can do that are competing at a different level. It's, it's, it's amazing. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Well, Harmi, we've briefly touched on Afghanistan. Um, let, let's look a little bit more at them. They've lost this game by 150 runs. It is a big defeat, no matter how much you dress it up. But there were chances in this. Uh, Dalwat's um, attempt to try and catch Owen Morgan when he was on 28, and that was in, what, the 36th over. Um, <laughs> blimey, it, it, it didn't exactly cost him many, uh, did it, in the end. But um, that was... I sense, if anything, that would be the most disappointing part of the uh, the Afghanistan performance. You can be out bold, you know, you can be outgunned, um, you can be better, you, you can be up against a batting side than than you have in your bowling side, and you can be outgunned with pace by the opposition. But actually, fielding should be something that is controllable, is something you can work at, and is something pretty straightforward to improve. That, for me, would be one thing that if if Afghanistan do want to sort of make that next level they are still of course relatively new but their ground fielding and their catching it would be a real real uh, big work on for me yeah it was let down they were, they were really let down in the field today I actually thought the ball relatively well uh, I thought they did I thought the ball well Majib ball well up top uh, I thought Dalwa ball well I thought that as a unit the, the, up until about the 35th over they were in a position where you're thinking they've, they've bowled well here fielded poorly catched was abysmal there was two or three attempts at catches um, it wasn't just Dalwat's catch when he dropped Morgan there was a couple of others Nabi ran round one in the deep where it was easy just coming in and I know it's saying it's easy when you're watching it on you know watching it on the telly but these are things that 
are fundamental to the game at international elite level. You know, you should be in the right position. You should be able to pick up the line of the ball. You should be able to sort of see the trajectory coming towards you. That's what you are as a professional cricketer. That's what you work on. So that's what Phil, the, 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 the management team of Afghanistan will be disappointed with the most because it's the basics of the game. Um, so from an Afghanistan point of view, that's where they'll be disappointed. The bold, like I said before, up until the 35th over, not too badly. I thought the, the, you know, they didn't bat too badly either. Um, Rashid Khan's gone for a few runs, but I think Morgan would have took, he, he would have blitzed anybody. It's just where Afghanistan are. They are in this position at this moment in time, learning how to play the game at elite, elite ODI level with the big guns. And I think they'd look across to Bangladesh and see how they've evolved over the course of their time and the amount of caps they've got in their top six to see that's how we're going to learn how to be the, the to catch the next rung up um, and that comes with experience and I think what the, the experience will get off today was you know what we didn't bowl too badly in the first part and we batted not too badly but the easiest part of the game is fielding because everybody can field and that's the thing that would let me down if I was something to do with Afghanistan not knocking them at all because they've come up against a fantastic England side so take nothing away from, from England but I think the ground field and the catching especially was really poor for Afghanistan today I mean, if we are going to do the old um, cliche of, you know, take the positives out of it. Well, for the first time this tournament, Afghanistan have actually batted 50 yeah. overs. Mm. Uh, they haven't even got past 35 in the tournament. And they've done that against an attack of Wokes, Archer, Moeen, Wood, Stokes and Rashid. Um, yeah, OK, th they've never tried to chase down the target because, frankly, it was miles beyond them. But you know what? To actually be able to say, we batted out 50 overs today. We've had one guy get 76, a couple of others got into the fourth. There, there's things to take forward from that. Most definitely, and the way they got the bad them them 50 overs, I thought they showed some. I thought they showed some guts. I thought they showed some guts. As it Hash Hashmatullah, he got 76. What a bang on the head he got! That was a big hard hit by Mark Wood. So, you know, to get up off the floor and, and then go again, I thought that was a good. That shows you know a good bit of ticker. Like I said, it was it was the ground field that let them down. The batting. Yeah, you know, it was there. It was yeah, you know, it was gutsy. They didn't go hard at it. Where that's why they probably didn't get bowled out. But I think there's 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 a, a big learning experience for Afghanistan in this tournament. Um, and I think there'll be a lot of positives when they go away and the tournament's finished. And hopefully England's got the trophy. Afghanistan will be a better side for the experience of the the nine group games they've played, especially against the best side in the world again today. Um, can I ask you to put your bowling boots back on, at least metaphorically, for oh, the next couple so. of minutes? I well, that's, can... the, that's exactly the question I want to ask you. I can get if me, you're I standing... Can get, I can get my boots on, but I can't get my shirt back on. It's a bit small <laughs> for me now. <laughs> Let's put you then at the end of your run-up, standing on the 30-yard circle in a Cricket World Cup game now. Because in this tournament, we're now averaging almost nine sixes a mm. match. You go back to 1979... There was only an average of two per match and there was an extra 20 overs in those games because it was 60 overs a side. How would you bowl to a modern day batsman in this Cricket World Cup when they are almost like baseball players? They're just swinging for the bleachers. I'd be doing what England are doing. In, in Archer and Wood, I'd be looking to get wickets. The bowler I was, I'm putting them, putting them back on, I'm looking to get wickets. And I think that's why England are so good. They look to take wickets. And I think I wouldn't be bothered. I've spoke to, obviously, you know how close I am to Mark Wood. I've spoke to Mark Wood before about 
the type of bowler he needs to be. He needs to forget that run column. Forget that run column. No matter how many runs he goes for, if he gets two, three, four wickets in a one-day international, his team has got a good chance of winning. If he gets no wickets and then the runs get maximised, he's had a poor day from a bowling point of view. If you get wickets in one-day cricket, you've got a great chance of keeping a side down to a par or below par score. And that's what Wood, that's what Archer, and that's what Rashid are doing. England's got a bowling attack that look to take wickets, and that's the way I'd look to do it now. I'm not bothered. You know, the odd four ball, the odd ball go for six. If I can get wickets, I've got a batting lineup. I play in a team of batting lineup that's bats all the way down to ten. That's why England have got a great chance in this World Cup. They've got three or four X-factor wicket-taking bowlers, especially if Plunkett comes into the equation as well. And England batting all the way down to 10 gives them the chance to say, right, we are going to get a big score and we're not bothered about leaking the runs every now and again and I'm looking to take wickets. And that's what England have got. That's what I would have done because that's the type of bowler I, I was. And I think that's why England have got a great chance in this World Cup because the teams that get, and this is where England are going to have to go from now on, uh, England's tournament doesn't start really until next Tuesday when they play Australia. You know, they're five games if to win the World Cup. They've got five games against the top sides. They've got to look to take wickets. If they take wickets, they've got a great chance of winning because then wickets will be Coley early, Smith early, Warner early, Williamson early. If you do that, you restrict teams to 30, 40 less than what they should be getting because then players can go on and get big 100, 120, 140, 150 like Morgan did today. And that'll be the difference between winning and losing the World Cup. Uh, we're running out of time, so a couple of things else I want to put to you. Um, reporting on the West Indies-Bangladesh game yesterday, mm. uh, fantastic win for Bangladesh. I mean, chasing down 322 with 51 balls to spare. But the thing that st- stood out for me more than anything else was Andre Russell Again, yeah. of the West Indies. Is Andre Russell now unselectable for the West Indies from the point of view that he's so clearly injured and the umpires said during the game, no, 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 you're not going off or if you go off, you can't have a 12th man because we know you've come into these uh, games with these knee injuries. Is Andre Russell unselectable because he was an absolute liability in the field because he could barely move and if he can't bowl, you can't pick him. Again, like we said the other day, Mac, he didn't want to be there. He wasn't interested in being on a pitch. First couple of overs, I watched him bowl. First couple of overs, he looked. The ball did a bit, bouncing around. He bowled at 90 mile an hour. If you've got bad knees, you ain't bowling 90 mile an hour. I'm sorry. Ask Darren Goff. Darren Goff will tell you. He's had knee operation after knee operation. When I first played against Goff, he was the fastest thing I've ever seen. 90 miles an hour plus. Couple of knee operations, sore knees. Back end of his career, Goffy went down to about 81, 82, 83 mile an hour. Andre Russell yesterday, he was bowling at 90 mile an hour. First two or three overs. All of a sudden, ball starts going around the park, starts getting a bit tap, thinking, oh, I've got a feel for another 30 overs here. And he starts limping about when things aren't going well. That's why he's unselectable. He does not want to be here. He's not interested in being involved. If he wants to make millions, fair play. Go on, off to IPL and make your millions doing four overs. But if I was the West Indies camp, I'd, I, I'd be perplexed by the way he's, he's behaved so far, especially against England. And I thought he threw another one in yesterday against Bangladesh. And for me, that's why they deserve to not only go home, but get beat against Bangladesh. 
So let's look ahead to tomorrow's game. New Zealand against South Africa. South Africa, of course, spectacularly have underperformed so far. Uh, New Zealand have gone down to third in the table as a result of England beating uh, Afghanistan so convincingly. And in a strange way, New Zealand's games so far haven't been that taxing. The one game that they would have had that was going to be a, a tricky one was the India game, mm. which, of course, got abandoned. Uh, so a point of peace. In, man, in many respects, this might be new, the start of New Zealand's real World Cup. It is. It's... Like, Maka, to get again, I'm talking about World Cup start. New Zealand's World Cup starts tomorrow. England's World Cup starts next Tuesday. I'll be interested to see how the big guns play against each other because they haven't really come up against each other yet. Rabada against the top order. I don't, is Nagidi going to be fit? Um, it's going to be interesting to see you know, if, if he is going to be fit. South Africa have got nothing to lose. They've got to win every game to stand any chance, which probably isn't going to even be enough to give them a chance to, to, to qualify. But they are a good, they've got some good players in that. Uh, in that unit have South Africa uh, and they've got, to, they've got to turn up eventually um, so it'll be interesting to see how Rabada goes against New Zealand's top order as well as how New Zealand's top order goes against a quick bowler like Rabada because New Zealand have then got to go against you know the big guns of Australia's quick bowlers and also England's quick bowlers so they're, they're, New Zealand are going to be a semi-final team well, thank you very much for the time being, Harmy. A pleasure as always. That is it from the latest episode of Following On. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode and join us on Thursday following Australia against Bangladesh. We'll speak to you then. The Following On podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.